Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everybody. I'm going to be joined by Sean Pendergast here in a moment. I just wanted to encourage all of you to subscribe on iTunes. And also, if you see fit, leave a five-star review if you're enjoying the podcast. That helps out a whole lot. Enjoy today's show. Welcome to the Deceptively Fast Podcast. Today you are in for a treat. Sean Pendergast joins me again as we continue our reality review of sports reality TV and documentaries. The only thing that's really going on in the world of sports TV right now isn't even really sports television. It's very Cavallari. The show's really about Kristen Cavallari herself, but I think Sean and I both agree that Jay Cutler is the star of the show. Fair enough, Sean? Yeah, and they're 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 putting his character out there. They're giving us just enough to where we want more. You know what I mean? They're 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 giving us they're giving us Jay Cutler in dribs and drabs right now because he's not really he's the he's biggest not a personality. Main character at he's all. Not, he's supposed to be just comic relief. He is, and I feel like the show, you know, kind of like The Simpsons, the first like season was centered around Bart, and then they realized like, wow, Homer is the guy. Yeah, and then it became the Homer Simpson. Except show. I think that it'll never be Jay. Jay will never agree to be the star of a reality show. He's very grudgingly doing this and going along with it and basically being himself but but i don't think he's all about the reality i don't think he is but these reality shows we know they record you know for every hour they put on tv they probably record days worth of footage so there's enough jay in that footage to where if the producers want to give us more jay there's more jay to be had Uh, so episode two Kristen Cavallari is moving into her office, which Jay is really happy about because Jay has a busy day of sitting around all day uh, that that these women are interfering with as they work out of his office. Right. So Jay, my favorite scene in this was when Kristen Cavallari came to the top of a railing of what looked to be like a public library, yeah. you re- you start to realize how big their house is. Their house is 19,000 square feet. It's huge. Jay is casually perched on a couch, and he's opened up to, it looks like page one of a book. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not, Jay's supposed to be reading. Um, and she informs him that they're moving out, and he couldn't be happier about this, which in Jay's world is like he gives a... Almost a little bit of a smirk. Yeah, they're moving out. Well, she, yeah, she's she's moving into her new office, so that means that all these women won't be showing up. And, like, I don't know. Jay's kind of the antithesis from that standpoint. Like, I think most guys would be pretty welcoming of, like, three or four really attractive women showing up at the house every yeah. day. What are they interfering with? You know what I mean? Like and, you said, he's just kind of sitting around doing nothing but watching his deer lease on an iPad all You've got 19,000 square feet. <laughs> right. You Look, there's go- nothing that can be an inconvenience in a 19,000 square foot house, right? Like Chris Paul in his house with his 20 bedrooms or whatever, maybe you've got an argument there because he's got entire families living with right, him. Right, right, right. You did the sleuthing on what book he was reading. Oh, it was Thinking Fast and Slow, which is a tour of the mind and explains the two systems that drive the way we think. System one is fast, intuitive, and emotional. System two is slower, more deliberative, and more logical, which there's an interesting angle here, too. 
which is Mitch Trubisky, who's now the starting quarterback in Chicago. Yeah. He did an interview recently where he talked about how he's reading more and how it helps him absorb more information. I wonder if there's some kind of lineage here with that specific book, because that sounds a little bit like what Mitch Trubisky was talking about. Yeah. So I don't know if Jay Cutler is... Jay Cutler doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that would have reached out to Mitch Trubisky after he was gone and... and Took him the taking the young guy under his wing. Well, and we know we know from the first episode that Jay does like to go seek reading material to get better at things because you remember at the very beginning of the first episode where Kristen Cavallari said that Jay has started to go down on her more. Oh, that's right. And because he read an article in GQ about it about how to do it better. And I this is the question I wanted to ask you when I saw that. Um, what do you think Jay Cutler spent more time reading, the article on Cunnilingus and GQ or the Dolphins playbook in the year that he was with the <laughs> I Dolphins? I can see Jay kind of going halfway through whatever technique he learned and just saying, screw it, I'm, I'm done with this or whatever. You know, like, my tongue is like know, my arm, You know man. what he'd do? He'd force it. He'd, he'd force it too much. He'd be like, no, I'm going through the damned alphabet. <laughs> I've got the cue. I know R is not open, but I'm going for it anyway. And the, like when Kristen complained, he would just he would just keep going ahead. That's what he does. He forces things that aren't supposed to be. Not forcing in like a me too way, yeah. but forcing in a just like, okay, she's not responding the way you think it is, but you're going to keep going. I think Jay has a lot of unfinished books in that library. You know, <laughs> I know. what I mean? Like, was- I think there's a lot of books where like the, you know, I bookmark books by like folding the top corner of a page and that's where I pick up. There's a lot of books in Jay's library where the top corner of the page is folded at like chapter three and then it's just like whatever or it's not even that it's like he gets to chapter two and it's like this guy's a moron <laughs> he's frustrated this, with guy, the this book. guy's such a clown like these bitches my wife brings over every day to do her business man <laughs> jay's interaction with his wife's employees continues to be interesting just because yeah. they're they're terrified of him yes and you've seen both episodes now i think when i talked to you last you hadn't seen the first episode where shannon shannon the redhead is just infuriating. She's the monster heel on this show. Yeah, she's the she. The, every show has a bitch, and she's the bitch on this show because her she works with Brittany. Brittany is the boss of her, yeah. but Shannon resents the fact that Brittany is the boss of her because Shannon was always used to reporting to Kristen, who's right. the CEO of the company. And yeah. Shannon resents that Brittany also likes to work where Shannon doesn't. <laughs> Shannon said she doesn't like to work. She likes this job because it's easy and she doesn't have to work very much. The part that gets confusing is that both Shannon and Brittany have. Boys boyfriends named John that are in the music business that know each other they know each other yeah. and work with each other this is the dynamic I sense so far and not to stray too far away from Jay because this is all about Jay and yeah. it's, a, it's a damn football podcast damn it right um I I don't you you see immediately in episode one that this singer songwriter John Gurney yeah. is doomed he, he is doomed in this show because Shannon is a man killer. Yeah. And he even admits it. In the first episode, he talks about how his songs have been more positive and upbeat since he started dating Shannon. Yeah. But you can tell that, like, Shannon, as she's listening to a song, is judging and evaluating him, and you can tell he's terrified of her. You can see it coming from a mile away. And this John, poor guy. He's and, like a starving artist. John Stone is the boyfriend of Britney. I feel yeah. like he might be the coolest guy on the show. But we're not going to see a whole lot of him. No. He's a successful music producer. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's like got a lot to gain by this, does he? He's, no. He's a little, he was a little creepy to me at first, but I like, I, you know, you kind of see the interaction with Brittany and like, okay, now I kind of see why she likes him. He's a lot older than Brittany. She, he's 10 years older. Yeah. So is there a, oh yeah, is it a creepy musician vibe? Well, or she a said she's an old soul, vibe? so they kind of meet in the middle. Whenever a girl says she's an old soul, that's kind of code for, uh, 
that's kind of I feel like that's kind of code for being antisocial. That's it, like, oh, well, I don't get along with people my own age. Yeah. Which yeah. works. It works when you're 13 or 14, I yeah. think. But I think by the time you're 25 <laughs> or 26 or 27. Probably true. Um, let's see. The other big the other big Jay Cutler moments in this, that was one of the questions I had as I'm watching the two Johns and these other guys. Um, would John, would Jay get along with any of these guys? You never see Jay interact with any of the other men on the show. Yeah, I, I feel like I, in Jay Cutler's style, I feel like he, I feel like Jay gets along with everybody in his own way, which is he's just kind of standoffish and dickish to everybody. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you'd plug it, you could almost plug him into any social situation because I feel like he's just. He's just that sort of smarmy, disgusted with the world, kind of wants to be on his own sort of way. So I feel like he would get along with them just as well as he gets along with everybody that shows up at his house or his buddy Chewy, who I'm sure we're going to talk about. He's got this dynamic where I feel I feel like guys know, obviously, he's Jay Cutler and he's a former pro. So they'd be maybe a little uncomfortable or nervous around him. Yeah. And they'll let him as this happened with Jay Cutler his whole life, they'll let him get away with a certain amount of douchiness yeah. that normal guys can't get away with. You you have been around quarterbacks, many, many quarterbacks. You played for a decade in the NFL. Yeah. Did any of them have the same personality as what we've seen? We're getting, this is the biggest window we've had into the Jay Cutler we have all thought existed for a long, long time. The, the What he's been on these these first two episodes of this show is what I think we've all assumed he's kind of been throughout his career, just based on facial expressions and body language, just kind of standoffish. And, you know, he's made a ton of money. He really doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to care what happens when he wakes up in the morning. He just wants to go pick up his kids at work. Have you ever been around a quarterback that's been anything close to what this guy's like? Not even close. (laughs) Like not remotely. Cause I think quarterbacks, I mean, some of them are. Some of them might be tougher on their offensive linemen than others, and others might be more laid back or loose. You know, I guess the whole spectrum would be of successful quarterbacks would be Brett Favre on one side and Peyton Manning on the other. Mm-hmm. And but neither those guys were all socially adept. Like, okay, I played with Mark Brunel, David Carr. Mark Brunel obviously was a lot more successful sure. than David Carr. And then a bunch of the backups that that played with those guys, some of whom played a while, they're all pretty socially plugged in. You, like their their EQ is pretty good. Where Jay, it just seems like he doesn't have any kind of interest in Going out of his way for anybody. Which, you, all the guys you just named, obviously varying levels of success, but they all seem to have at least had a desire to be the face of the franchise. They, you know, they, they accomplished it to varying degrees of good and bad, obviously. I mean, wide ends of the spectrum. But, like, Jay, Jay Cutler's right arm is the most magical appendage in sports of all time. And when you think of how much money he's... That a guy that he really accomplished nothing in the NFL... Over, uh, you know, what did he come in the league? 2006? Mm-hmm. He came in with Matt Leinart and, and Vince Young. He, and all those teams would have been better off drafting Jay Cutler instead of those two guys. But still, he never, I think he went to one Pro Bowl. He got the Bears to one NFC title game. And you, you look at this personality now, like, this is a dude who just w- wakes up every morning. He just wants to go hunt his deer. Yeah. He wants to put on his vest. He just wants to watch. He, if he's not hunting, he just, everywhere he goes. He just wants to watch deer on various it, various deer fatter, f- yeah. feeders. That's one of the things that happens in this episode is he's he's watching deer feeders in the morning, and he watches, like, the neighbor's deer feeder. Yeah. And he, he names the deer. He names the deer. He says he's just happy that one of these deer isn't Dale. Yeah. And the, from what I could tell, I think Dale is a deer that he's got his eyes set on. I feel like Dale is, you, do you ever watch the show Swamp People? 
They hunt gators, and oh, there's God. this one gigantic gator they call the Rougarou. And that's like the mother of all the gators. You know, like that, that's the big one. I feel like Dale, or like the movie On Golden Pond, they wanted to catch that big gigantic fish, right. Walter. I feel like Dale is like Walter in On Golden Pond. And he's just, he's territorial about that. That's he's, what he's obsessed he's, with. And right he's waiting now. to kill him. He's, he's, he's stalking Dale. I, I feel like the one thing that could be redeeming for Jay Cutler in this, except Chris and Cavallari won't allow it, is interaction with their kids is we don't get to see the kids at all, which I'll credit Kristen Cavallari for not wanting to be a Kardashian and basically become like a glorified, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like a like a stage mom almost? A stage or? mom, but with the Kardashians it's even worse because there she's almost like a madam. Like they're, expo- like they're yeah. exploiting the kids <laughs> right. somehow you know, or something. She doesn't yeah. want to exploit her kids, so right. I'll give her credit for that. But I, I'm guessing that Jay is probably pretty good with his kids. Like I, I could I, see him giving them the, the appropriate amount of tough love. Yeah, do you think at some point they they the producers asked them because I I'll be honest with you, in watching the first two episodes of this show, it does feel like there's this kind of gap in there that you don't see the kids at all. You don't see the kids at all, and it it's weird. It it's hard for Kristen Cavallari I think to be a complete character on the show when you don't see that side of her. Yeah, because there's almost like two halves of the show now where all her employees are having their own dramas and everything, and yeah. they're all getting catty with each other, yeah. and they form alliances, and Kristen's completely removed from that. So all you really see are her kind of talking to her employees on not all that deep a level, and then having this banter with Jay that she says is a playful banter, but as she says that, she says, like, well, we all, we have this playful banter, and it's all in good fun. I've never seen a woman look less confident <laughs> in, like, how playful the banter is is when she's describing their playful banter. Yeah, yeah. They And she was describing Jay. Like, yeah, Jay used to send me love notes and love emails. I'm like, those, they... They have to be somewhere, right? Yeah. We need copies of Jay Cutler's love notes. I bet the producers have already asked her, and the only way they'd convince her to bring the kids along is if ratings suffer. Yeah. That's where that's where your true ideals get tested. Like, well, well, I, how much do I really love my kids? Ratings, we we took a hit in the fall ratings. Yeah. Let's, let's bring them on. But any TV aficionado knows, Seth, that when you start bringing little kids on a show, that's usually the death knell for the show. <laughs> that's true. Like family ties, when all of a sudden uh, they have a uh, Meredith Baxter Bernie has yeah. a little kid. Different strokes. Yeah. They brought in little redheaded Sam. Brady Bunch, you had that annoying little kid with the glasses. Cousin Oliver. Cousin Played Oliver. Played by Robbie he Rist. awful. Yeah. <laughs> What did any, what did uh what's his name? Robbie Rist. What was did the Robbie name of the Rist actor. ever end up doing? Did I don't know. He, he went anything? on to do a show called Big John Little John, where okay. uh is this uh, anyways, I won't give I you don't a know. Call. I feel like the new kid gets blamed a lot where really like it's my it's like microfracture surgery. Yeah. A lot of times microfracture surgery gets blamed when really it's that microfracture was the last ditch effort. Yeah. So the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. Well, or or that the guy when guys at the end of their career get microfracture, it's that, hey, I've got arthritis. This is the one thing that might help. Yeah, it's they last have, ditch they, effort. They have microfracture, and then people say, like, oh, wow, microfracture surgery, yeah. that did him in. It's really I just think a Hail Brady, Mary. Bunch, Brady Bunch was on its way out anyway, <laughs> and was. Cousin Oliver could only regrow so much cartilage. You can in only that do knee. so much with a little kid with a bowl cut and wire rimmed glasses. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And then you choose, he's an inadequate surgical. Yeah, so method. I think you're, you're probably right. Like, if ratings suffer, maybe they, they, they throw the kids in there. This guy, worth. Yeah. So there are some interesting characters that have been tossed into the mix here. There's this guy that shows up named Worth, who's apparently like a wealthy child Instagram model. He was a wealthy kid. He's a man now. Yeah. He's got rippling abs. He's he's veiny. They show these pictures of him on Instagram where he's just shredded 
for whatever reason, rich kid worth is going to be working in Kristen Cavallari's boutique on yeah. Friday and Saturday nights. Yeah. yeah. And, and immediately all the women are salivating over him. Yeah. Shannon, whose husband, or excuse me, boyfriend John is that singer songwriter yeah. who's, who's dirt poor right now. Yeah. Shannon's just gushing over this dude work. Oh, yeah. I found myself in this situation where I, like, I tried to put myself in John Gurney's situation. John gets really jealous because Shannon's flirting with Worth. Mm-hmm. Worth, to his credit, doesn't seem to be encouraging anything. No. Like, he's just being Worth. He, he's just like one of these male bimbo, like, nice. you know what he reminds me of is uh, Owen Wilson in Meet the Parents. Yeah, yes. He's Kevin. like, just kind of like this <laughs> super rich, successful guy who couldn't be any nicer. Right. Owen Wilson was a little bit more into his ex-fiance, but like, he wasn't like trying to be a jerk right. to, 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 uh, to Ben Stiller and yeah. he had a Fokker. That's where Worth is. Worth is in this uncomfortable situation where Shannon is like all but eye-screwing Worth all the time and John Kearney's had enough of it and he walks out. Shannon's a terrible person and the fi- the funny thing about the second episode was she had this epiphany towards the end of the episode that she's a terrible person. Yeah. I totally believe that Shannon was flirting with, with worth. And I, I feel like Gurney was almost justified in how he was feeling. She acts like it, it's just completely unbelievable that anybody what? would think he was, she was flirting with yeah. him. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. You gave him a look yeah. that like, if you gave, if my wife gives me that look, I know that we're about to have sex. <laughs> like that's the exact look she gave him. Yeah. So I don't know what to, I just, I feel bad for Worth. I feel bad for John Gurney. This is what Shannon is doing. She's tearing people apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, this show, man. This show is like Batch- The Bachelorette had sex with The Apprentice. That's what it is, man. <laughs> it's got everything. It's got something for the guys. It's got something for the girls. Yeah. This is the question that's always haunted me about Jake Cutler. Because I watch him, and I'm trying to figure out, is he actually grumpy, or is he tired and... Because he has type 1 diabetes. I forgot he had type 1 diabetes. Is this just, does he not manage his diabetes well? Like, could he simply be hypoglycemic a lot of the time? It could be. He yawns a lot. He always looks tired. He does. Doesn't he? Like, it doesn't look like, some people are just grumpy yeah. no matter what, how tired they are. Yep. He more looks like he's so tired that he can't be bothered with I wonder with how stuff. he sleeps. Yeah. You know? Like, if he, uh, if, if. If he's just a, I'm, does I'm, he have sleep apnea? Yeah, I've had a sleep epiphany over the last year where I've I use a machine now and I've I've dropped a bunch of weight. I feel a lot better during the day. I wonder how he sleeps. I wonder. I, that's wonder a if he's, really good. Wonder question. if he's a snorer. It could be something as simple as that. Yeah, remember dude, Danny that's Clark? That's a big thing. Um, you remember Danny Clark? Sure. He's the linebacker for yeah. the Texans. He played for a few teams, the Giants, when they won a yep. Super Bowl. When he was a rookie with the Jaguars. He was, he'd fall asleep in meetings. He messed up all the time. The linebackers coach was an old Naval Academy guy, Steve Zabo. He used to just crush him. No, Steve Zabo was a West Point guy. I'm sure, this that went like, well. Yeah, yeah. No, he used to just crush him. And after his first offseason, he was diagnosed with sleep apnea. Yeah. And it changed his life. Dude. He became a completely different guy. Yeah. So maybe Jay Cutler his entire life just needed either A, an insulin pump, or B, just better sleep management. Didn't he, the one Pro Bowl he went to, didn't he get thrown in the pool with his insulin pump on? Wasn't oh, that really? a story? I think that happened. Like somebody hazed him and I made him to in. Google it. Yeah, I think, I think Jay Cutler at the Pro Bowl got thrown into the pool with his insulin pump, and then he never made the Pro Bowl again. Maybe that's why he didn't go to the Pro Bowl again. He's like, screw this. I'm not going. I'm going to play just good enough to get a big contract. I don't want to get thrown in the pool with my insulin <laughs> pump. From the Denver Post. He made it as a Denver Bronco. In front of Jay Cutler was the clear blue but chilly water swimming pool at the Iolani Resort. The gang of Pro Bowl football players had been gathered around the tables, swapping stories. Then suddenly, Nick Mangold, 
pushed from one side, Chris Dealman from the other, and his cell phone swindling into the hands of a coy Peyton Manning. Cutler's radar had gone up, but he never had a chance. We gave him a Pro Bowl baptism, Dealman said. <laughs> Great fun. There was just one problem. Cutler is a type 1 diabetic, and in his pocket was his blood sugar oh, monitor. Oh, jeez. Did it ruin it? I'm sure I would it did. Think, I would hope those things were waterproof. Yeah, if there is a waterproof version, I would The monitor was fried by the chlorinated water. Oh, that's a big deal. Yeah. So then you had check to, your blood sugar. No kidding. Oh, if there's one person I would see not taking that well, it's Jay Cutler. Yeah, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler's the last guy. Yeah. Uh, last thing, city of Nashville, two things. One is that when Shannon and John got in the fight that they did, there was a huge commotion. Everybody's huddled together trying to figure out, where's John? Where's John? Oh, my gosh, we have to find John. She's calling all over the place. It was yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. It felt very high school. They left it as a cliffhanger, too. We still didn't know where John is oh, at the end of right. the episode. Oh, that's right. That's right. Brittany yeah. and Shannon made up. Yeah. And Brittany told Shannon, well, I'll sleep on it until yeah. morning. Don't talk while you're drunk. All I could think about during that episode was the last time we saw a ridiculous search of the city of Nashville for something that wasn't that big a deal was one for one Vince Young. Yeah. Remember when Vince Young went out to get wings and there was like an APB out for Vince Young because nobody could find him and his parents were worried about him. How poetic would that be if like the upshot of this storyline is the beginning of episode three, like John Gurney is at like a wing stand somewhere <laughs> just showing just... down on chicken wings, watching a, like the, a replay of a football game on a flat screen TV somewhere. John Gurney was upset. I feel like there was almost a little, there were too many dramas that were actually rad. Wrapped up in episode two. Yeah. Shannon and Brittany are getting along again. I guess they're probably trying to set the scene for moving forward Maybe. into the next one. The, the, I, the store opening phase. I that's guess. the new drama. You now. just know Shannon's going to stab Brittany in the back one more, at least one or two more times. Shannon's going to be She's a constant source of stress and turmoil. She has to on be. This show. show would get very boring if Shannon all of a sudden became a good person. Without the employees, it would be a rough show. Yeah. Oh, the other part about the city of Nashville is I'm watching it. It looks like it's got a fun nightlife, as everybody knows. Yeah. The 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 city itself in winter, this is a depressing place. I, I feel like it's a northern city in terms of it's cold and everybody has to bundle up, but there's no snow on the ground at all. So, so snow, brings, snow brings the atmosphere up, you're saying? Snow like brings, if, a, it adds a little brightness to the yeah. environment, but I don't think they get much snow at all. So it just feels, whenever you get that, that kind of grayness around you, it feels a whole lot where I grew up in western New York. If yeah. there's no snow on the ground, it feels exactly like I imagine 1955 Soviet <laughs> Union. Like it's just lifeless and gray. But with a lot of neon signs. With it, yeah, yeah, so it's Soviet <laughs> Union plus neon. It plus neon signs. Yeah, I, I, I'm... I'm not as anti-grayscape as you are. I kind of yeah. like the change of seasons. Jay Cutler looks very comfortable. I'm very jealous of Jay Cutler being in an environment where he gets to just walk around in in a, a down vest, a ski cap, and he doesn't have to deal with driving in the snow. That's true. That you, looks you get to like enjoy a, the nice, It looks like a very relaxed clothes. atmosphere. He's usually yeah. wearing like a Carhartt hat yeah. and talking about deer hunting and everything. Can you believe that – can you believe he had – a high-level Fox broadcasting job lined up this time no, last year. No, no. And I think this is... I think that... A certain segment of people would have really liked him, but he's very dry and he's very sarcastic. And it would have ended up being like Letterman and Leno. Like, he would have been Letterman, where Tony Romo is totally... Jay Leno, yeah. like he's uh, he's completely like he has the mass pop appeal where Jay would kind of have an edge to him. Yeah, I I mean, c clearly, I think we'd get a more energetic version on TV than we're getting in this show where he's just lounging around his house and and, you know, looking at iPads with deer leases and things like that. But 
You're right. I don't think he would have taken it up to the notch, Romo. I would have been interested to see what broad, and we may still get it, to see what broadcast Jay would have sounded yeah. like. I wonder now that he's having this experience, and he'll probably get a lot of positive feedback from it. I wonder, yeah, if if this kind of prods him to move forward. Plus, it gets it does get boring. Yeah, those first couple of years when you're trying to figure out what the hell you're going to do with your life. At first, you think like, yeah, I'm going to live the good life. But the same thing that people say when they're 65 and all of a sudden they get stir crazy when they retire. Yeah, yeah. Imagine being in your early 30s. Right. It doesn't work that way. Like yeah. if some guys are. I know a few guys that are built for it and just become Mr. Mom yeah. and are taking care of the kids all the time and they just absolutely love it. I think a lot of guys like myself like doing that, but also need something different. And it's just not as simple or glorious as like maybe Jay Cutler thinks it no, is. No, it's a hard transition, man. I'm not like not to go too dark on the podcast, but like there you read stories of guys all the time. I wrote a story a few years ago for the Houston Press where I interviewed Eric Winston and Chris Myers and and Aaron Taylor and a number of other guys. And I may have even talked to you for that story. You didn't. Also. Okay. I was a little insulted. Okay, uh, but they. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you still invite Chris, me on your podcast. No, but I remember Chris Myers had a really nice suit. That was a good article. Yeah, he did, yeah, it was yeah. a long like it was like that was old school journalism there. Like they had a glossy spread they and everything. Did. They yeah. went and did a photo shoot at uh, I want to say they did it at Nine Innovations, uh, Abdul Foster's gym, and they, yeah, they. Um, so, the, but it was an article. So I talked to a, a handful of guys about transitioning, and it's even the guys who look really well adjusted um, on the outside. Like you said, there if there's nothing going on during the day, that's dealing with that type of boredom. Is I know there's a lot of people listening who are probably like, I would love to deal with yeah. that boredom and not have to go to work every day. But it's it was the lack of a regimen, you know, it was the removal of having to be somewhere every day. And now all of a sudden you've got all this time to fill and idle idle hands of the devil's workshop sometimes. It, I think like we are biologically we're task oriented yeah. as a species. Yep. Like we we want to be completing tasks yeah. or feeding people or killing things yeah, or whatever. Providing. Yeah, you want to provide, yeah. you want to serve a purpose. And when you're not doing that all of a sudden, especially when you've always been I, I think a lot of guys put that that relaxation or that leisurely lifestyle on a pedestal without ever really having had an opportunity to understand what they do and don't like. Because yeah. you're on this program from the time you're in high school yeah. onward to where you're always moving towards one thing, yep. and then it's completely gone, which is a great problem to have. But then especially, I, I think if, if you have any hint at all of potential neurodegenerative diseases or CTE or early onset al Alzheimer's or anything – Everything snowballs really quickly. And just talking to different neurologists over the last couple of years, you know, head trauma is one risk factor for yeah. having some of these issues. <clears throat> and with football and CTE, who knows? We'll find out how different it is from other things. But it's one risk factor. Mm -hmm. But alcohol abuse is another one. Lack of exercise is another one. Bad diet is another one. Yep. And when you start to have all this free time on, I think that's where guys can go downhill really quickly. Yeah. And it's uh, like I tell guys all the time, like, you got to have a purpose of some sort, whether it's charity yep. or whether it's not a matter of just filling up the day with activities and hobbies. Like, you got to have a purpose. Yep. Absolutely. All right, man. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing it down there. At the end. <laughs> it's cause, uh, it's we didn't talk about Chewy. Oh, Chewy. Chewy. The Let's bring gay, it back up again. Chewy, the friend of Jay Cutler. Who, the gay friend of Jay Cutler. Who's a gay friend of Jay Cutler. His gay friend, Chewy, yeah. who's only recently come out of the closet, right. but Jay has been friends with since college. Yeah, he I was in that, their wedding, they said. Right. Yeah. So the natural question is, okay, things have changed a lot over the last 10 years. Right. I think, like, I feel different. Like, I've always been an open-minded guy, but I think in terms especially of how athletes and other people 
view LGBT lifestyles and everything. People are just a lot more open and accepting than no they doubt. were before. So I'm trying to think of Vanderbilt football back in the early 2000s and whether Jay like was friends with a guy that people thought might be gay or because Jay says that that he and Kristen you know, kind of thought he might have been gay. Right, or at least right. Kristen said that. Yeah. Um, like, was Jay friends with him in college, which is pretty cool by Jay and a thing that maybe goes against a lot of people's public perception of Jay, where, like, uh, I think a lot of people would assume, like, Jay would be the jerk that would make fun of the gay guy on the team. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Where he's ex- exactly the opposite. I, see, I don't think, see, I think bullies do that, and I don't think Jay Cutler is a bully. I just yeah. think he's a curmudgeon who's curmudgeonly to everybody. Uh-huh. I th- like, I think everybody... Gay, straight, white, black, whatever. Like, I think everybody infringes equally on Jay Cutler's desire to just be left alone. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when you go out at night, like they were going out with Chewy and friends and things like that, um, you inherently can't be left alone because you're out with people. So Jay is just like, ah, whatever, I got to be here. You know, like, I, that's, you know, like, they... They were wanting Jay to start telling stories about what it was like when he was courting Kristen, and Jay's like, "Nope, you're." They were playing were top golf. Yeah. Jay's like, "Nope, you're up, Chewy. Go ahead, swing." <laughs> like he didn't want to tell any stories. That's how I kind of feel about Jay. Like he's, he's, he is an equal amount of asshole to everybody. And he's that's an equal opportunity asshole. I could see Kristen's friends off camera maybe being like, "Why do you put up with a guy like that?" But then I, I think about my own wife. My wife has this capacity to befriend and enjoy people that are otherwise hated and despised by other people. <laughs> and it's really annoying because she'll have like some of, some of the people that she'll be friendly to or she'll have his friends like are people that get on my nerves. But then at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, wait a second. What am I? Like <laughs> if, if, my, if my wife befriends these people. She did people, befriend you. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> but she will like with men especially that are really grumpy bastards. We used to have this old security guard slash groundskeeper in this building we lived in who everybody was terrified of yeah but he loved my wife yeah because she just would sit and chat with him and yeah. she thought it was a, so i think Kristen cavallari might be one of these people that just has she's she's cool with jay as he is i really like her on this show like yeah. she comes across as super likable on this show i just think there's a chance she might not be a very good businesswoman oh i, I think there's i think that she's really good at attracting attention and mm-hmm. using social media and building a big audience i just don't know that she is is built to put an infrastructure together to manage that audience. There's a chance she's really terrible at hiring people, which is like 90% of being a good manager. You know what she needs to do then is she needs to be in the licensing business. Which is what, you know, Kathy Ireland, you remember the supermodel? She follows me on Twitter. She's worth like a half billion dollars. She is. And it's all licensing. Yeah. I'm guessing, I don't even know what her products are, but probably beauty products. I don't products either. I was just happy she was everything. following me. She's fo- How many people does she, she follow? She follows like, she's one of those people oh, that follows like 90,000 people. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, but you're one of them. Thanks for exposing my uh, braggadocious ways. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but she does follow you on she Twitter. She does. I mean, there's, oh, she follows like 90,000 people. And in the whole world, I'm told there's like 5 billion people. <laughs> so so that's pretty Cavallari, good. though, I think that like the Kardashians too, mm-hmm. you you don't want to be the manager. You want to be good at what you're being good at, yeah. which is being a, a reality TV personality. Yep. And then use your name, license your name out, and maybe maybe that's what Uncommon James, her brand in this sh- in the show, becomes. That's what I would tell her. Yeah. Like, you hire somebody else to be the manager. You can't be yelling at girls to put labels. On I, well, boxes. I think that's what she's trying to get Britney to do. I think oh, Britney okay. is supposed to be that person running the show. I just don't know. Like, but Britney's from, not like some uh, Fortune 500. No, no, like from what we've seen two episodes in, this thing is 
is a train wreck. <laughs> like they couldn't even agree on what to put on the communal desk. That's right. You know what I mean? Like this this business, and that's the other thing about Jay Cutler is anytime the business comes up, Seth. Like he has a look on his face, like he knows he's going to be the one that winds up paying for this. Thing. Yeah. Like this, the and I know Kristen Cavallari's built her brand and things like that. I don't know if they commingle their funds or whatever. I don't think she's got the kind of money that I, Jay does. No, I don't think so either. So I, Jay's got a look on his face. Like anytime anything business wise comes up, he has this look. Like, huh, okay, yeah. I'll be footing the bill for this one. We'll see. Well, I'm I'm finding myself liking this a lot more, not just for the Jay Cutler, but for the other side of it too, which I'm a little bit ashamed of myself. Well, this is what I would encourage people to do because we, you and I in this podcast have used a lot of names. Everybody knows Jay Cutler and Kristen Cavallari, but the names of all the characters on yeah. the show, if you're listening to this, may not mean a lot. So I would recommend going, you can watch it on E! online, you can watch it, it's on demand, but like, go watch it, and then this podcast, I think, will be a really good backdrop for watching it. I'm also surprised by some of the language they get away with on E! I am too! I didn't know, like, you could... Do you watch it on TV, or do you watch it on the internet? Both. Okay. And I think I saw... I streamed both episodes like the, on the internet. My guess is you don't have to beep it on the internet. Yeah, the cunnilingus, uh, the cunnilingus reference. She I said, think. "Going down on me." Oh, that's all. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All I right. said, I thought there was another one. Maybe I was watching it online when. Yeah. And it might have been an even different version. So I would suggest go watching it online. I would like to do a podcast with Jay Cutler about that article in the GQ magazine. See what he learned from let's, it. Uh, let's reach out to Jay. <laughs> See if he'll come on the deceptively fast like, podcast. What's he going to tell us? He's too busy. <laughs> And that will do it for today. Sean, thank you very much for being here. If you out there are enjoying this podcast, please give a five-star review on iTunes. It helps out a whole lot. Recommend it to your friends, your relatives, anybody that you care about. We will start digging into some hardcore NFL topics here in the very near future since football is finally finally upon us again thank you in advance for five-star reviews on itunes please subscribe so you don't have to think about it and it just comes on in and i appreciate all of you who have downloaded who have given great feedback and responses you are all awesome and i love you very dearly i will see you next time okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.